I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Girl, do we need an Annie revival starring Ice Spice? Like, come on. Yeah, why not? Hard Knock Life. This is Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Torado. And Fran, you officially live in New York City again. I'm here. You are a resident. Yes. You and I, let me tell you, let me tell the virgins. You and I were, uh, we were scheduled to do something super fun and super New York yesterday. Um, uh, We were going to... (laughs) You're laughing at me already. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just thinking about... You're laughing with me? I'm thinking about how badly yesterday could have gone. And and I'm also thinking about how I'm always right. Okay, dear virgins, I bought Rose Sweeney Todd tickets for Christmas um, for the two of us to go together. For the new revival of Sweeney Todd on Broadway starring Josh Groban and Annalie Ashford. Um, which is gonna be, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, because I thought it was on Sunday. I had texted Rose that it was gonna be on Wednesday, and Rose was like, no, 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 I think you said it was on Wednesday, right? And I was like, no, 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 it's definitely on Sunday. Yeah, I asked her multiple times <laughs> on our last recording. Multiple times. It wasn't my fault. My Ticketmaster confirmation was extremely confusing, and it was an honest error. However, we did discover before we got dressed up. I mean, you had put on makeup I, on. My face was done. I was about to put my outfit on, and my- I was... 30 minutes from leaving, and you know me, you know I love yes. to, like, leave early yes, and yes. go do something in the neighborhood yes. before. I'm so so you could have caught me uh, when I was mm-hmm. already on the train, and baby, this recording would have not <laughs> would have been real awkward had that happened. But look, I mean, my suit was steamed, I was ready to go to... Your suit? Yeah, I'm wearing. I was wearing a little, a little suit. It's oh, like that's a, so cute. It's like a cute. I'll wear, it'll be even just as you said. Like a matinee outfit is different from an evening outfit. But yeah. like my, I was not going to serve as hard <laughs> as I will when we see it. On yeah, Wednesday. which I'm excited to see. But my outfit now is much better for an evening performance. I mean, it's a it's a matinee suit because it's like kind of uh, like springtime garden oversized garden kind of suit, like a garden attire. Is that a is that a genre? I don't, I don't of know clothes? what that means. That's very <laughs> like, Downton Abbey. Yeah, you of know you. how like people like, just some, hang a, in the garden, a pro, like a promenade. Suit? <laughs> you know, like garden attire, Rose. Yeah, like, you know, I don't uh, get what that means. You wear, but regard, uh, needless to say, we did not. We're not. We did not see Sweeney Todd, so we're not going to be doing a Sweeney Todd up. So, but we, we now, will be doing a Sweeney Todd up soon after we see the show. So, submit your like questions, thoughts, concerns, prompts. What do you want us to talk about with Sweeney? Like a Virgin 4 2069. So, yeah, there is not much going on with a sort of like cultural immediacy for us to talk about. I We did realize that there is a bunch of new music that we have been enjoying that we have not discussed on the show Mm -hmm. yet. So, we're going to do a little playlist check-in today. Although first, I want to talk briefly about Cocaine Bear, which I saw last week. Oh, right. I A movie that I probably won't see. 
but I wanted to see. So, you know, let me t- 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 tell me about your experience. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. Great. It's, it's fun. It's dumb. It's much better. It's a movie meant to be seen with an audience. You know, yeah. that really enriches the experience. I saw it at Alamo Draft House, so it was like, you know... Food and like a bougie setup. Although the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, the chairs don't recline, which yeah. is bullshit. I wanna, I wanna be eating my chicken tenders like fully horizontal. When I eat in a theater, it's gonna be a specific movie because like the, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to denigrate, you know, independent theaters, but like the experience of like little food servers like coming out with your little lights like in the middle of the movie and you're worried about your food the whole time it's like very distracting so it it has to be a movie like cocaine bear yeah yeah i'd be like i do wish there were more movie theater options in brooklyn like uh, why isn't there an amc fort green mm, there should we I need mean, we heartbreak would feel good in a place like that <laughs> it would i mean a24 just bought the cherry lane theater in west village did you see that well that's in the west village and i live in brooklyn anyways okay let's Music. Um, yeah let's let let's open our spotify's um, and talk about what we've been listening to um, i feel like we could start with caroline palachek that came out so long ago well it came out on valentine's day right. and i have basically been listening to Desire I Want to Turn Into You, Caroline Polachek's new album, nonstop since then. I, you know, for as obsessed as I was with Pang, I surprisingly, as she was releasing the singles for this album, which she did kind of over a very, like, protracted length of time, I wasn't listening to them a lot. I think I was really waiting for the full album experience, although... Obviously, I fucked with Bunny is a writer hardcore. Yeah, um, I needed to hear them all the music together in context, and it's such a good album. It's like so much. It, it is very true to the essence of who she is as a singer and songwriter. Lots of like weird whale sounds and yeah. stuff, <laughs> but but I think it's like a different. Um, it it is sort of like graduated from Pang. It's like a different mm. kind of vibe. Like, like obviously, sonically it's graduated, or like how it. Because I'm not a, like a Caroline Palachek scholar, so I've listened to Pang obviously, but I didn't like. I'm not a Pang stan. You know, I don't know that much about. I would say like I think Pang is really ephemeral mm. and. Desire I Want to Turn Into You feels a lot more grounded. It mm. has a lot more sort of, like, physicality. Mm. I I think um, Pang is really so much about obsession and dreams and, um, you know, like, yearning. And Desire I Want to Turn Into You is about... Like, Desire. Fucking, is about yeah. fucking. Yeah. It's like, it feels so much more physical and so much, like, um, lustier. What's your favorite non-single track? Uh... Uh, Blood and Butter. Okay. I also love Smoke. Um, I'm going to have to give it more listens. I've listened to it like twice, the album that is. And uh, I didn't watch it. And um, Fly to You, the song with Dido and Grimes is incredible. I did love that song. I um, also, I, I liked Bunny as a writer as well. I think that there are things about Welcome to My Island that are really great, though I don't like the Charlie XCX remix. Mm. I like I, I Believe. It's really good. I have the song Sunset muted on Spotify. It's so good. I do not. And I honestly... Is I, it because I'm, it gets recommended to you a lot? It, it's, it is. That's part of it, but I did hate it from Jump. I think because oh. I was just like, oh, she's trying to get that Rosalia coin. Like, she's trying to get a little, like, kind of Spanish Paso Doble. It just felt... It didn't feel... I liked that she was doing another genre. I think it actually fit within the world that Caroline has built in that she does transcend genre. She really does do a lot of different shit. I mean, even the opera song that she released, like, a few months ago was, like, fucking cool. But Sunset, I was just like, I did not... I did not hear... I did not really hear her on it. I did not really like the song. I think it's I annoying. love Sunset. I think it. I think it works so well with her voice. Yeah, it does. Um, it it, it was like it song. was kind of jarring because um the other night I and we'll get into this 
next, I guess. Um, the other night, I my go-to hookup music right now is Raven, the new Kalela album. Very hookup. And I was hooking up with someone the other night, and you know, in Spotify, after you finish an album, it just kind of switches to like similar a similar vibe playlist or like music you've been listening to so like this like sultry sexy Kalela album ends and then it goes straight into sunset it's like and it's just very not the vibe not fucking music um although the guy the guy i was hooking up with was like who is this i do not i don't know if caroline there's not very many carol okay a lot if okay most caroline palachuk songs fuck but they are not fucking music. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to fuck yeah. Tepang. Yeah, I, I have fucked <laughs> Tepang many times. I don't want to fuck to, like, I can't see anything on this album that I would fuck to, but that's not a death, you know, that's not, you know. Yeah, not all music has to be fucking music, but Kalela, Kalela. is fucking music, yeah. which I know is true because last weekend on Friday night, was it Friday? Uh, one night last week, I had someone over and put Kalela on, and we hooked up while it was playing. And then a couple days later, I went over to someone's apartment to hook up with them, and they were playing <laughs> Kalela. Look, it's Brooklyn. <laughs> it's yeah, it is it's Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Everybody's fucking to this album. Um, I love Kalela. She is such like a creative directorial like genius, and um, I can't wait for the remix album because her remix album for "Take Me Apart." is so bomb. Like, so many cool collaborators on it as well, like Cupcake, Jungle Pussy, um, Aya Simone. Uh, it She just, like, has great taste in super indie, very queer, black and brown, like, producers and music writers. And so, like, whatever she does with, like, the Raven remix is going to be sick. Yeah, I was so excited to see people like LSD XOXO mm. who produced Happy Ending on mm. this album. She just, Kalela just has a, immaculate taste um, in terms of who she works with, she really her visuals, um, and also selling people PS5s or yeah. whatever. <laughs> or like, um, um, anytime she, there's like a, if you search like Kalela and like the um green emoji or whatever, it's like her, every tour stop, it's her tweeting like, uh, DC, where do I get the green? <laughs> like Philadelphia, where do I get the green? Like, um, yeah, Kalela is just a real one. I kind of miss the era where Kalela, um, Devante Hines, Adam Bainbridge from Kindness and Solange were all in, like, a group chat together. And, like... They could still be. They could still be. They just don't talk about... I I mean, I've heard that there was a bit of a falling out between some of those creative minds. I don't know the full T, but, like... Well, I, Dev Hines is kind of <laughs> off in yeah, his own world. Yeah, you know, I, fucking every trans girl in, yeah. <laughs> in like, the tri-state area, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And Solange also just is a, a woman removed. From yeah. society. Yeah, as she should large. be. She well, should that's be. that's what made when she got hacked and tried selling people PlayStation right. so jarring. <laughs> right, uh, Kalele, because right. that's not really her tea. Yeah. Um, have you listened to the new Paramore album, This Is Why? I did. I didn't latch I didn't latch on to it. I did listen to it all the way through. What did you think? It's good, it's very groovy. Yeah, I it's I groovy. don't I don't love it as much as their um last album, um what's it, After Laughter. Um, which is kind of the one that really, like, even though they they have for the past couple albums kind of revitalized their sound a little bit, I think After Laughter was the one that was, like, really critically lauded, had some big singles, um, had a really nice, like, music video rollout. Is this um, one getting, like, critical acclaim? Or I people... think so, yeah. It I mean... feels buzzy because it's, like, Post Olivia Rodrigo, but I also I don't know what like actual Paramore stands feel. I think so because it's like um, it's very much the sort of classic Paramore like emo vibes, but through this like you know seventies revival that's been going on in pop culture for the past couple years. Um, so it does feel like a little different for them, a little more low-key, but in a good way. It's definitely... I've listened to it a lot, but always in the background, and I haven't, as you said, I haven't, like, latched on to mm. a lot of it yet outside of, 
you know, the first single that they released, This Is Why, which I do think is great. But I need to spend more time with the songs individually and do some active listening. Yeah, I, I haven't done a ton of active listening, but I do wish that just this most recent album was a little more emo and a little less, like, you know, the funky, groovy 70s. Like, yeah, I I I, I, I should give it another active listen. Um, Lana, however... I've been actively listening, baby. Baby, A and W. Something shifted. Yeah, I everything. Think so. sh- everything. Everyone moved. Um, it. I truly think it. Like there was a breach in the time space continuum mm-hmm. that brought A and W to us. This is the experience of being an American horror, uh, which I have been saying to myself like at random times. So I'll be like. In my kitchen, like, making a sandwich, and I'll just say to myself, this is the experience of being an American whore. Or I'll be, like, I'll, like, miss the bus by two, by about 30 seconds. This is the experience of being an American it whore. I like, I, like, was, I, like, got my sandwich this morning, was walking into the studio, my, my pork belly, peanut butter, and jelly, and I thought, this is the experience of being an American whore. T-shirt idea. Um... Let me tell you, I'm not a Lana Stan, so I'm going to make Lana Stan's mad. But, like, I was not a Chemtrails girl. I was not a Blue Bannisters girl. Out of I'm studio. sorry. I did not like the most, like, the last two albums. I felt like they just all blended together. Um, and I, I, A&W felt, just as you said, a shift. I, I love songs that have, like, sharp turns. Songs that are, like, split somewhere in the middle to, like, turn into, like, morph into something else. I, I, I love when Lana breaks song format, I think it's when she thrives as a songwriter. Shimmy Shimmy Coco Butt. Yeah, Shimmy Shimmy Coco Butt. What the fuck is that? I don't know, it but it's it's so nonsense, cool. but um, it's, it's I mean, incredible. so is the experience of meeting an American whore. Yeah. Like, I mean, her lyrics are, like, it's a, it's like a fucking slut algorithm. Like, But it music. also is, you know, her most personal album yet. I saw is that something what she re- said about well, AW? I saw that she, she, said something along the lines of that um in a in an interview she did recently i think maybe with rolling stone that um you know she a lot of what she heard from her fans was that they wanted more of her and her music like they felt like they didn't know her so these last couple albums mm. especially blue banisters and did you know there's a tunnel under ocean boulevard are a lot about her family and she's you know trying to be she's trying to be vulnerable and you know expose herself more did you is um did you know there's a tunnel also for this upcoming album or was it like an isolated no it's for this album okay yeah this is gonna be a good album i'm so excited yeah me too we actually have a lana del rey episode coming up with Sean Fay. A juicy, juicy episode, a juicy guest. Um and it's I, gonna be incredible. And I'm, you know, the I would I would consider myself the Lana Virgin out of the three of us. So yes. I do I mean I I can hold my own in a Lana conversation, but I, I, I'm excited to hear from the stance. Um, I've been there since day one yeah. and I will be there until I die. Um Did you like the Miley single flowers? Okay. I think it's good. But kind of I fine. think it's a psyop because, like, the <laughs> the way that it is the biggest single she's ever had. It's been on top mm. of the charts for weeks. It's, like, a worldwide phenomenon. I did not know that. It's, oh, girl, it's huge. I did and not know it, it was that huge. It does not—it's I mean, a good song, but it doesn't have a reason to be as massive as it is. It's giving payola. The reason to me is like it's like post breakup comeback kind of era, and it, she also has a new creative director, Troy Sivan's ex, Jacob Biggs or whatever his name is, um, and who I think is amazing, and I think that the creative direction for Flowers is actually fucking cool. So I do, I do think that it's just like Miley and her team finding an excuse to, like, do something creative, to try to do something fresh and new. But I agree with you that Flowers specifically just felt like a tic- TikTok play. It's, a, it's the, the the chorus itself is extremely, like, TikTok. It's a... I can I'm, buy myself flowers. Yes, the, the notion, the, the, the kind of, like, a, we should all just, like, do things for ourselves and trust ourselves and, like, you're all you need is, like, extremely TikTok culture. Um, unique. Unique. Um, but yeah. It just, it, it really is just giving 
payola. Like, someone paid to have it be number one on the charts. Someone paid to have it on every Spotify <laughs> playlist. Like. I, I don't like. get it. Someone, though, who I do think deserves all the buzz they're getting right now is Ice Spice, <laughs> who I really, like... I was aware of her as a cultural figure for a very long before I actually listened to the music. And now I'm so into it. I mean, that, um, Boy's a Liar, yeah. that song. I mean, obviously, it's not like, pronounced liar, it's, pro- it's pronounced Leah. Like, <laughs> the Boy's a Liar. You, like, can't escape it. It's, like, in every TikTok yes. I watch. Um, and I so I eventually too. had to, like, watch the video and listen to the song. And it's fun. I really yeah. like Ice Spice. I will, I love Ice Spice too. Her performance in the video is like, you're like, oh, you're like a new star. You know what I mean? Like, she's just kind of there. I think she's, I think she's still, she, it's it's an interesting thing with Ice Spice specifically that I'm not trying to say in a pejorative way where your fame precedes the full formation of you as a star. And I feel like Ice Spice is also totally. figuring out how, who she is in tandem with her virality, right? Yeah. You um, know what's not how... going to help is that she was just um, trapped at the Kardashian West home oh, this no. weekend. Why? <laughs> was... With Elon so, Musk. And... One of my one of my mutuals tweet. Um, there's a video of her with all the with all of Kim's kids, and someone tweeted a video of um I'm I of Annie of. The movie Annie. Um, I know. I think I'm gonna <laughs> like it. He- Wait, I just. She doesn't like Annie. I can't. I, I really got the um, cadence of that wrong. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Dear virgins, Rose and I, we're not like, you know, awards gays, you know what I mean? We're not like, we're not like, you know, streaming every awards show, like hawking the nominees, like making predictions, Um, but awards shows are like inherently queer. (laughs) And yet, don't surprisingly anti-surprisingly anti-queer. No, no, don't just, say that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm being facetious because this is like how all music critics. I mean, how all movie critics talk. I know. And well, I mean, that's the thing is like we are not awards girls, and we're also but, not really critics, but to an extent. But at certain points on our timeline, we've had to be awards girls because if you work in media, mm. you know, you have to. The night of the Oscars, you're like in a war room, you have to putting watch out. It. In real real time, like, making sure you're the first to get the meme, the first to get the whatever. Yeah. Do you miss it, Rose? I I mean, I usually still am the first to get the meme (laughs) anyway. Even if I'm... That's the thing is when award shows happen, even though I don't watch them, I'm usually still on Twitter, Mm -hmm. catching all the important moments and getting my memes in. Because it's like... That's what you do. It's fun. It's it's like part of the fun. And I think that it's like the things that we will remember are the things that translated to the internet, which is like, you know, Adele Dazeem or like really bad Oscar wins or like um, just... 
things that like feel viral. Um, yeah, but I I'm not really like a I'm not really like an award show um, expert, so to speak. Neither am I, and I'm not. I'm not a person who feels like, especially with the Oscars. I don't see every Best Picture nominee. I don't care. We've talked about this before. I am much more of a populist movie girly. I like movies over films Mm -hmm. for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I like this sort of ephemera that exists around award season, but Mm -hmm. I don't care about the awards themselves. And honestly... At this point every year, I'm like, please, God, let this end so we can stop talking (laughs) about these movies. Like, with something like Everything Everywhere All at Once, Mm. it came out last spring. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about this movie for almost a year now. It is exhausting. Just give Michelle Yeoh the Oscar already so we can shut up about this movie that in the year since it came out, I have kind of, like... You're like you're over it. I'm I'm over it. Like it was good. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. You resent things that are overexposed a lot of the time. I feel especially when I it comes do, to and the especially because the thing is, if it had a shorter life, yeah, I would have been able to enjoy it and move on. And since we have now lived with that movie, especially for so long, I think my issues with it have been able to flourish and that mm. I don't think it's as good as it's lauded as mm. and so I'm just like please like let's let this go Mm-mm. yeah I are is there anything like in this Os- in this year's Oscar season that you are excited for or maybe if it's not a film like is tar. There, are there any yeah tar are there any cool performances or anything who's slated to perform I have absolutely no idea. I want to know. The only things that I was okay, let's let's at least talk about the best picture nominees. Let's go go sure. through and give a little take on all of them. Okay. Top Gun Maverick, one of the best films of 2022. No. I had so much fun seeing it. I think Hold My Hand should win best song. Um if God, It probably will. It it could. Cuz it's not going to be Rihanna. Sorry. It, that song fucking sucks. I'm I'm so mad at her. I'm, I I cannot believe she... I mean, actually, it's probably not her fault. I'm mad at Black Panther. No, I'm mad at her. <laughs> it was in her control. That song that song sucks. Um, then there's Women Talking, which I haven't we'll, seen. We'll never see. We'll never see. <laughs> Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, you know, good movie. I I, I disagree. I, I, I mean... I it is still my pick. I, I it's the one that is out of everything I've seen like the most memorable. Banshees of Inisherin, which I I I saw like a month ago. Incredible, mm-hmm. so funny, so sad, so beautiful. Um, Avatar is it gonna win? I'll be so. Avatar's mad. not gonna win, but Avatar was one of the best movies of 2022. I understand why it's on Best Picture. I think on, like, the production level, uh, everything that it accomplishes, like, it is, of course. Yes, it's Never. Marvel. Triangle of Sadness, I still haven't seen, but you loved. Wait, Triangle was not... Oh my yeah, god, it was! It's nominated for Best Picture. Oh my god, I completely missed that! I thought it wasn't nom... I thought it was totally ousted from no. nominations. I fucking loved that movie. That would be, like, my runner-up pick, but obviously we never get picked for Best Picture. I would pick that over Tar, honestly, in my ranking. Um, wow. I would not. Tar, to me, is the movie. It is... Is it your number one? Or is Top Gun your number one? No, Tar is my number one. Um, <laughs> Even though Top Gun is the best movie ever created or whatever. whatever no, I, I don't, I don't mo- think... I don't, no, said I, mo- I said it was one of my favorite movies <laughs> oh, oh. of 2022. Um, right, right. I love Tar. I think it's incredibly acted, directed, written. It like captures the moment we're living in so perfectly um in a way that I don't know well I guess in a way that maybe triangle of sadness from what I've heard about it does from a different way but I just think tar is beautiful perfect stunning um elvis one of the worst movies i've ever seen literally i wanted to vomit the whole time austin butler is like phenom in this movie as a performer but the movie on the con is terrible. It's like on the con- construction level is terrible, and Tom Hanks is terrible. I I can't. Yeah, it Tom not, Hanks is fat. It suit. should not be in this list. But let me tell you, best 
film of 2020, best film in the Oscar nominee pile, Rose and I agree, is All Quiet on the Western Front, right? <laughs> that movie, damn. I it's ju- definitely a movie, right? Like, I, like, I hate war movies, and that's... Oh, I mean, that's the war? thing. I thought it was, yeah. like, a Western. No. <laughs> um... It's a remake of like an uh, another Oscar, another Best Picture winner. Isn't it based on a book? Isn't All Quiet on the Western Front a book? It's probably a book, but it was it, there, there was a movie in like the nineteen twenties. It, it's a remake of a of a Best Picture winner from like nineteen twenty something. Every every year at the Oscars, you have to have a war movie yeah. in there. It's got to be like Dunkirk or Save It, yeah. or Saving Private it's Ryan. Be war movie, blockbuster movie, biopic. Uh, yeah, biopic. Um. Either a Jewish movie or a movie about Hollywood or both. So the Fablemans, <laughs> the Fable which Man. is the last, yes. the, the one we haven't talked about yet, and then, which I haven't seen, but like somehow the Fablemans has become a gay Twitter thing. Yes. A bunch of a Why, bunch of people how? I follow have like tweet about it nonstop. That and the Whale, which was not nominated for thank, Best Picture, but God. Brendan Fraser was nominated for Best Actor. That meme of him floating into the sky, however, is. That should be nominated for something. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once also fulfills, like, the underdog kind of archetype. In but it's not an underdog. Not this, anymore. At this point. Like, but that, it was. It was. That's, that is, I think, one of the things that's become annoying about yeah. it is that it's still being talked about as if it's, like, this scrappy little movie. And yet it has had this massive press and industry push for a year now. You, okay, a, we're a little we're a little divided on everything everywhere all at once. However, you and I do have the same kind of um, impulse with cultural stuff like this. That's like slightly it like derives from like our indie. I think probably indie snobbery or whatever. Where when you love something or when I love something and it feels so new, so fresh, like so special, and then everyone else catches onto it, it just it's it doesn't feel special anymore. But that's not the movie's it's fault, not, right? For, it's for me. It's not about everyone catching on to it. It's not a like, oh, this movie used to be cool. It's not about that. It's like the overexposure to me highlights that it's not as good as it's being lauded Mm. as. And I feel like I'm not living in the same universe as everybody else. Hmm. I'm living in in the multiverse. In the multiverse, yeah. Although I will say, in the multiverse movies that came out last year... It is, I, pref- I much prefer it over Doctor Strange. Mm. I even prefer it over that Spider-Man movie that everyone loved, which I also, like, on reflection, don't think is as good as, you know, we all said it was. Do you have, um, like, favorite Oscar wins in history, whether it's, like, best actress or best anything? No, I don't care about shit like that. Okay, okay. But I do love Olivia Coleman going, Lady Gaga, Lady during Gaga. her acceptance speech. Lady Gaga! Because she was so gooped. Um, Speaking of Gaga, her singing that musical medley what year was that oh from the sound of music so that was at the 2015 oscars it was a tribute to the sound of music julie andrews came out and it was it came at such a pivotal moment in gaga's career because she was it's like that tweet about christina aguilera she was at her lowest (laughs) fat Fat, nasty fat nasty and broke lady gaga came on that oscar stage mad as hell because Pre that, she was in her flop era, post art pop. She right. was she was doing American Horror Story, yeah. and then she uh, came American. out and did that sound of music medley, and it totally revitalized her mm-hmm. and recontextualized her, it and it introduced a different version of her because it was her proving her singing chops, her acting chops. She tore that shit up. Recontextualize is the word. Like, she was like, <clears throat> in case you forgot, I am a rock star, but I'm also a star star. And I think a that... A star was born. A star was a born. And I, I don't think people took her into consideration as a serious actress, um, let alone someone who would show up at the Oscars and take it s- seriously, for lack of a better word. Just, like, because people underestimate Gaga or write her off as this, like, you know shock value pop star at least at no, that you're, point in her you're career. so right in that it is it is a thing that made specifically hollywood yes. people take her seriously yes uh and i just remember go- being like what the fuck like she nailed i think it. i cried i i'm pretty sure i cried honestly this is um pretty this is kind of silly but it reminded me a lot of when amy adams did that's how you know did she do was that the song that she did from enchanted 
it reminded you of that? It, it did because um, Amy, by that point, like she had been, I think she was, she was already nominated for an Oscar, but like she wasn't the star that she was. And I think Enchanted felt like a silly Disney movie. And then she got up there and did, I think, two musical numbers and nailed them. And I was like, oh, Amy Adams is like way more than just an actress. You know what I mean? Like it felt pivotal for her and similarly to how um, it did for Gaga. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Have you ever practiced a fake Oscar acceptance speech? Um, not, not practiced out loud, no. But yeah, I, I constantly envision what my Oscar speech would, would be. Uh... Who would you thank? I would not thank anybody. I would tweet my thanks out after, and I would spend my speech on a message. I, 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 I'm sorry. Oh God. That's who I am. I don't know, Virgins, if you could hear my eyes I roll. rolling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean, I'll eat my words if I ever do, you know, get into the Academy world. But, like, because uh, I know there's so much diplomacy and politic around thanking people in speeches and that it's something you really have to do. But, like, I just think you have, you know... Uh, it's an economy of words, right? You have a limited amount of time. I don't want to spend it rattling off, like, a list of people. I'd much rather tweet that after and spend, you know, my time on this platform talking about what I want to talk about. And 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 doing that in a way that wouldn't be, like, cloyingly, like, like activist-y. Like, it would be, like, sweet, and it would talk about my life and, in the context of who I am and yeah I think that's what I would do what do you what about you, you you've practiced I would sing the theme song from the nanny uh, and then walk <laughs> off stage and, and she was working in a bridal and, shop and flashing queen yeah they would they would take out one of those big uh, canes, canes yeah and <laughs> like get her off, off stage um yeah Jared Leto pulls the cane out um Oh, not Jared Leto. Sorry. He Don't was the, bring him up. He was the first transphobic person I could think of. <laughs> well, that's another thing with the Oscars is, you know, like the legacy of men who have played trans women and won awards right. for doing so. Right. Which, okay, I mean, we can talk about, but like not to blow up your spot before we got onto the mic, I did find out in real time that you did not like Una Mujer Fantastica. No, I That's hated it. That's crazy to me. I'm so shocked. I think it's a bad movie. I, okay, I I, I mean, uh, totally, totally fair. I don't think it's like a movie that like everyone is required to like. I thought it was so incredible and I thought that you would like it because it's like moody, weird, and also like fabulous slash surrealist. And I thought the surrealism would appeal to you. But, um, you know, it's it's not everybody's tea. I love that movie though. Mm, love yeah, that movie. I and, really And a trans it. woman in a trans role, which is cool. Yeah. Should have been Jared Leto. <laughs> Eddie Redmayne. Um, Eddie Redmayne, my sister. But Eddie has since then uh, gone on the record to say he regrets doing it, which is cool. 
Is it? I mean, it's I guess. better than nothing. It's like these guys, these guys always say they regret it, but it's not like they give their Oscars back. No, it's very Dan, it's very Darren Chris being like, I will no longer be playing any more gay roles. And it's like, good for you. Um, you've done this 1700 times. Um, in terms of like Oscar snubs, the first that come to mind are Tony Collette for Hereditary, JLo for Hustlers, which would be. A career, I think the nom would be a career win. Do I think she should win? No, but she deserves no, but she a nomination because she should have been nominated for Selena. Let's be real. And so, and she's never going to get nominated for an Oscar again. No, like, that's the thing. It was her one shot. It also was like the one. Okay, this is mean, but like it's like the one actually good movie she's been in in ages. Like mm-hmm. second act. Terrible. Um, I watched. I had fun. I watched Shotgun Wedding. Terrible. Like I, we watched Marry Me. Terrible. I like, enjoyed Marry Me. <laughs> marry Me. Marry okay, Me. Say you, yes. Marry Me. Oh, you enjoyed Marry Me. What was that? What was something that you enjoyed specifically from <laughs> that was, movie that we spent dumb. texting it on our phone? It was dumb and fun. I liked it. It was honestly. If I I can't remember if we talked about this, Virgins, but we had a Galentine's last year where we watched um, Rose Eye and Ash. Our friend Ash watched. Marry me, and we were so stoked to watch it. And five minutes in, we were like, "Oh wow, this is bad, like good bad." And then we immediately well, we just were, started was, chatting was through it. Exactly and talking, what it, it was texting. exactly what I expected it to be. It was I, a dumb J Lo romantic comedy. I thought it. I thought it would at least hook me though, because dumb rom coms can still hook me. And marry me. Did not. I think because Owen Wilson made absolutely no sense in in that movie. I think Owen Wilson is super sexy. <laughs> I want to lick his nose. I do too, but not for J Lo. Like, why does J- why why does J Lo have to fall in love with all of these kind of like schleppy mumblecore white guys? Like, why can't she? I mean, I wanted her to stay with Maluma. <laughs> maybe in the sequel. Yeah, maybe in the sequel. Um. Okay. Sorry. Uh, any any um, Oscar snubs uh, that you're thinking of? No, I don't care. I don't care who wins awards. Mm. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's the thing that we're. I know that's not an interesting answer, no, but it's also not an interesting. Truly, I truly could care less. It's also obviously not an interesting take, right? That like you know institutions like don't matter, right? But it's true. Like these like these noms like biggest snubs. It's like the stars probably don't care. Like I'm sure they care, but it's like depending on which one it is. It to to me the wins are less in, to me the winners are less interesting than the Oscars industrial complex itself and just the whole business around awards movie awards TV awards I mean this is as people who have been part of this industry on both sides as people in the media commenting on it and then actually working mm. in Hollywood. Like, you know, both of us worked for one of the biggest movie studios, te- tech companies in the world. And so, like, have been on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And it just is a machine that runs all day, every day, all year. Like, as soon as as soon as soon the Oscars are over, we'll start prepping for, you know, what the Emmys, which will be in the fall. And it's just like the next thing is just around the corner. It never stops. It's exhausting. And it is, be- and it like, when you stop to think about it, it's all just about money. Like, these awards exist so that these movies will be seen by more people. Mm. It's not about the craft. It's not about celebrating art. It's all capitalism. Mm -hmm. Like, living in LA, when I lived there, all you see when you're driving around are for your consideration signs Mm -hmm. everywhere. Like, (laughs) I mean, Oscars, Oscar parties everywhere, like FYC, like, you know, gatherings everywhere, you know? Yeah, it just is, it's a machine that never stops and it's hard to be even somewhat close to it and not feel incredibly jaded about it. Yeah, and I think, honestly, the Andrea Riceborough Is that her name? Andrew, yeah. The Andrea Riceborough stuff is, like, indicative of the things that we're talking about. It's, like, Oscar campaigners, like, press girlies, like, people that work on awards season year-round are... are <laughs> I mean, they're not evil, but they possess the powers of the devil. Like, they they are, like, yeah, they have to do... they're braver than the Marines. Braver than but the like Marines. But, like, for evil. Yes, doing lines of coke, 10.30am before they send out their press releases. Actually, no, not 10.30, what am I saying? They're sending it out at 6, Diva. No get... <laughs> one works 
harder than PR yes, girlies, yes. and it's why they are some of the most, some of the best, but also most insufferable people, un- insufferable yes. people on the planet. And that's the only reason, like the Andrea Riceboro stuff, is controversial. Is that all these Oscar campaigners that like spend a gajillion dollars doing these kind of like chicken dinners about fucking Green Book or whatever, uh, like you know, also are like mad that someone who did a something of a that's something that's being called a grassroots like. Oscar campaign. But really is just people, famous people texting each other and yes! being like, hey, tweet about this. Yes, which is like, it's a different mode of doing it. Yeah, but like I, it's it's just interesting. Like the politic and like what is allowed with an Oscar campaigning. Like I honestly like would love to do a deep dive episode with someone who really knows what it's like inside the beast. Like I, I would, I would read the shit out of an article about award season. Okay, we have to talk about... The one part of award shows that I definitely make sure I know what's going on with, which is the fashion, the red carpets, which are kind of always disappointing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's like Margot Robbie wearing her millionth horrible Chanel dress. Mm -hmm. Um, Though apparently her Chanel contract is ending soon. It better before the Barbie press tour, because that is going to... She needs to slay. Yeah, she needs for that. to slay. And in she a lot has of not designers. she has not been slaying. Um, you know, some of my favorite Oscar outfits are obviously the weird ones like Bjork's swan dress, Celine Dion wearing the backwards suit, which uh, I've seen some TikTok fashion girlies recreating recently. There's a really um, Maybe you should wear your suit backwards to Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Ooh. Um, what would you wear to the Oscars? Who would you wear? And don't say something dumb. I was gonna say Prada, Prada, da, da, da. I don't know. Do you know already? Because uh, yeah, I would want to wear maybe Archive Mugler. Ooh, Archive Mugler is really. It's good. all about archival fashion. I would love to wear um, Richard Quinn, like a head-to-toe mm. floral print or something like that. Or do you follow um, Bad Bitch Tong Tong? No, the Tong Tong dresses. Um, it's like the uh, he designs a lot of like. Um, a really uh, structural, like, black spandexy outfits that have hoops built into them. And, like, uh, some of these dresses look like octopi and look like... It's, like, a very cool designer that also does, like, chic kind of almost campy stuff. Um, yeah, a Tong Tong dress would be really sick. I would also maybe want to serve a tux moment. But, Ooh. like, a really, a really femme tux. Yeah, a little Jodie Foster mm-hmm. oversize. Or maybe, like, a Kristen Stewart kind of. Cara Delevingne. Well, no, Kristen Stewart's recent Chanel red carpet looks have been real bad. Damn. Is she also trapped in a Chanel contract? Yeah, she is. Damn, poor her. We have to liberate our sisters <laughs> from these Chanel contracts. Remember the year that Anne Hathaway and James Franco hosted the Oscars? One oh, yeah, Oscar hosts. Who's your dream Oscar host? Don't say RuPaul. Billy Porter. Um, Don't say uh, Billy Porter. Ru- I'll Ru- kill you. RuPaul would be great. RuPaul would be amazing. Uh, RuPaul actually would be major. Yeah, he would major. be really good. I mean, there are some things that wouldn't work about Ru, but... But it'd be so, like, be way him explaining than... what what Yas means, yeah. like, 15 years too late. Like, that's what it would all no, be. It would be him being like, and we will fight. For marriage equality. <laughs> yeah. Rock the vote. Yeah, rock the vote. Um, wait, there was actually someone that I was thinking of recently who I was like, you would be fucking phenomenal. Someone who really is a catch-all, and it's not Michaela J. It was someone I'll think about. I I I I need to deliver. 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 Uh, Amy Nick- Adams. <laughs> Nikki Blonsky. <laughs> Nikki Blonsky should host the Oscars. Period. Hi, it's Nikki Blonsky from the movie Hairspray. I am, as we all know, rewatching Ugly Betty, and she has an amazing cameo in an episode playing Betty's rival at Elle magazine. She's like a foil for oh, Betty. Oh, I don't remember that. I mean, there's so many good... We'll talk about this in our upcoming Ugly Betty episode. Yes, with Mark and Delicato. <laughs> um, but there are... Adele had a cameo, like... Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, uh, Christine Baranski, like, it was, it's just so much, so many Vanessa good... Williams should host the Oscars. Ugh! That would be major. Please. That would be so good. A songstress like that, like a classic songstress who knows how to host, would be phenomenal, which is Ellen why... should just host the Oscars again. Ellen did an amazing job hosting the Oscars. Is Ellen dead? Hate to... <laughs> 
Yeah. We really have no way of knowing Rose. We really, we really don't. No, we don't know. Um, But yeah, no, I think that a lot of- Ellen should host and get slapped. <laughs> Ellen should- every, every Oscars host from, from now on should get slapped. <laughs> Who's hosting this year? Is it is it a team of people? I don't know. Literally do not know. Not that it matters, but I, I, um... I, it feels like they're keeping that information quiet. Yeah, because to, for their For that person's own safety. Uh, it's gonna be Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, easy. Yeah. He's fine. Um, someone can still slap him though. That's the yeah. Someone can still slap him. I mean, he'll make Ellen slap. can slap him. Yes, Ellen will slap him. Um, yeah, he's no. definitely gonna. There's, oh, it's gonna be so annoying. There's gonna be so many jokes about the slap. Yeah, that's gonna be really oh. annoying, especially from Jimmy Kimmel. Like, it's gonna be really annoying. How? I mean, like, uh, uh, of course, I don't want to get into the slap discourse, but just. Oh, it sucks that 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 we're stuck with that forever. Yeah, I mean, it's the most controversial thing that's ever happened at the Oscars. So, you know, maybe ever on live TV. Aside from maybe Janet, Janet's boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of crazy to think. Janet about. should slap Jimmy Kimmel. That now that <laughs> is the take. Um, Janet should host the Oscars. Janet should host the Oscars. Topless. She she, <laughs> she should get up there and just be like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> She's just like just above a whisper the whole time. The whole time? The whole time! Mrs. Doubtfire should have won that picture. Uh, let us know what's your favorite best picture winner of all time. Um, will you be watching the Oscars with your girlies? Do you. Who would you like to slap live on national television um you can slide into our dms at like a virgin for 2069 whenever you want i'm your co-host rose damu you can follow me anywhere you want online at rose damu and i'm fran Torado. you can follow me at Francisco. make sure that you rate us on spotify leave us a review on apple Podcasts. it helps us so much like a virgin is an iHeartRadio production our producer is phoebe unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, and Nikki Etor. Until next week, farewell, fair virgins. See you later, virgins. Ciao for now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.